So what does wellness mean to you? Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays. I am your host, Eric Collard. This week, another special guest. All the way down the highway, uh, we've got a fitness uh, professional and a human guinea pig, Alex Bernier. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Eric. Um, so we're going to talk about all kinds of things today. We're going to talk about uh, ketosis. We're going to talk about being carnivore. We're going to talk about training. We're going to talk about a bit uh, – uh, we're going to kind of cover a bunch of stuff. But before we kind of get started, can you give us an idea of, of where you came from, how you got into the business? And I know you've got a bit of a background. You just didn't jump in yesterday, but uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to hearing about it. For sure. Uh, well, my whole life – I played hockey. I was a competitive hockey player. So I was always in gyms training to get stronger, to get faster. And when it got time to choosing what I wanted to do in school, uh, health sciences seemed like the, the obvious choice for me. And I continued into kinesiology at McGill. After that, I worked as a personal trainer, uh, as a strength coach with uh, elite athletes. I traveled to Dubai to work at an athletic center over there. Came back here, started my own business uh, in Montreal and online. And so I've been experimenting with diets uh, to be on top of my shape and also to give, provide the best service to my clients and students. And so how long have you been in the, uh, in the, I mean, in the training aspect? I mean, obviously uh, it sounds like you've been an athlete most of your life, but the, uh, how long have you been coaching folks or training folks? How long you, you define it? Eight years. Okay. So it's, it's, so it's, 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 it's been a while since, uh, since you got in. Have you seen any big changes in the industry before we get into more of the specifics of, of your uh, your uh, human guinea pig uh, uh, ideas recently? Well, of course. Uh, actually, my first years were the beginning of social media. Okay. So all none of the brands, none of the professionals were on Facebook. Nobody was on Instagram. Maybe some people were doing it, uh, their own personal accounts, but there wasn't any... Uh, business aspect to uh, social media. So over the last few years, I've actually seen a, an overflow of information, of knowledge being spread on all social media platforms. And it's actually pretty exciting because you can learn anything from anyone wherever you are in the world. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it, 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 it's, in, my, in my opinion, it's good and bad. It's good because you, you're right. You do have access to all kinds of things, but it's bad because you have access to all kinds of things. And there's not much in terms of regulation and there's not much in terms of you have to know a little bit in order to, to see where, where the good stuff is and where the bad stuff is. And a lot of people get, get fooled by, uh, by marketing. I mean, I, I had a chat, uh, last week with Mark Sisson from Mark's Daily Apple, a fairly influential guy in the, uh, and he, he used to be a, you know, professional triathlete and he was basically doing what everyone else before him was doing. And then, the con we've been duped a little bit by by the food industry. We're not going to get into too much about that, but it's uh, it, it, it's it's not easy even for trained professionals to kind of decipher between the good stuff and the bad stuff. How do you uh, do it on a day to day basis? Well, that's why I consider myself a human guinea pig because uh, you can read all the research and all the theories that you want. At the end of the day, when it comes to your body, or for instance, my client's body, I have to try it myself. And I have to learn how a certain strategy, whether it's exercise, diet, uh, lifestyle, meditation, whatever, how it impacts my body, how I can describe that, because I got to get somebody to describe that for me. 
in order to adjust and find the right, you know, the right ratio of food, the right ratio of exercise, whatever. So if I read something that interests me, that I find, you know, compelling, I will apply it for a certain amount of time and observe how it impacts my own body. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we're at now in terms of we, we understand the broad strokes. We understand that, for example, refined sugar is probably not good for you. I think most 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 health people would agree on that. Um, and then we understand that rest is very important now, like more so than we did before. Those are kind of the broad strokes. Uh, but we really has to be the end of one. We have to we have to go through experiments and something that might work for me might not work for you. Even though they're both exactly. scientifically uh, validated, proven or whatever, yeah. yeah. So, and, and that's a, and that's the thing too. And um, uh, I, I think that's something I've learned, especially in the last five years, is that we're all different, and we all come with our own baggage, and our mind plays a huge part of it of whatever we do, whether it's working out, whether it's meditation, whether it's nutrition. If you don't, if you're not looking forward to whatever you're doing. It's going to be a much tougher road for you, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing. So I speaking agree. of uh, nutrition, uh, you've been on this carnivore kick for um, uh, for how long now? And, and four months. Four months, and how are you finding it? I love it, and I'm definitely going to continue this food strategy. So what what does your diet entail? It's I'd say 90% red meat. I've almost ditched uh, chicken. I barely eat any pork. Uh, nothing fulfills me as much as uh, a good steak or a nice slow cook. In terms of satiety, I need uh, red meat is the only thing that's going to keep me full throughout the day. Uh, I feel the energy when I train. I sleep good. My digestion is surprisingly even better better than it was before when I was on a more of a ketogenic paleo style diet. Uh, so simple. It's really, really simplified my life. Yeah. The um, uh, so what's your what's a daily intake of of meat look like for you? I eat about three to four pounds of meat, spread either between two or three meals, depending on uh, my workout. Or I'll eat my first feed whenever I get hungry in the morning. I try to make that my biggest, so I cook uh, two pounds, three pounds, even sometimes, and then uh, I go until. I get hungry again, which is usually around 5 or 6 p.m., then I'll have another meal. But uh, I find that if I have a, a good heavy workout, I'll need a, a second even or a third, even a fourth meal after that. Okay. And you just I'm go, really in tune. You just kind of go on feel. Exactly. Uh, it's, this, this diet has made me way more in tune with uh, my own hunger. And what was your diet like before, um, before you got into uh, the carnivore movement? It wasn't much different. There was a lot more vegetables, a lot more fruits and vegetables, a lot more rice, uh, sweet potato, uh, potatoes sometimes. Uh, it was a little more varied, yeah. but uh, what, uh, what? And what are your thoughts on on grass fed versus uh, you know factory uh, farmed um, meat? I've always been a major proponent of grass fed. Uh, for the nutrient density that it has. And I, I do feel a difference when I eat it in terms of taste. I, I like it better. Uh, it fills me more than uh, grocery store meat. But uh, with this latest uh, food strategy experiment, I just tried regular meat from the grocery store or wherever I could find it. Uh, it's a little cheaper too. Yeah. 
And I actually, you know, I still got great results, even though I was eating meat that had uh, supposedly antibiotics, uh, hormones and whatnot. I still felt good. And my digestion after the first two weeks, like I said, improved from when I was eating tons of uh, fruits, shakes, vegetables, everything, uh, uh, everything necessary for a healthy digestion. You know. So how did you uh, get inspired to do this? Or w w is there any, any one particular thing that made you do it? Or what made you do this thing? Well, I've always wondered why vegetables were the only food group that never got any heat from anybody. Nobody ever talked about uh, vegetables being bad for you. So that, you know, sort of got me thinking. And then when I saw uh, Dr. Sean Baker's, uh, I found Dr. Sean Baker's Twitter account and his, his own account, his own story. And then all the stories that he was sharing from people of, you know, 18 years old to 75 years old going all carnivore and feeling great about it. It got me curious. And, you know, I didn't need much reading because I had already been doing a lot of uh, paleo, ketogenic. I knew from all these experiments that I've done over the years that uh, one of the common variables with the different strategies that I applied was a high protein intake, high meat intake always made me feel a lot better. So I didn't really have a, tr I didn't have trouble getting convinced. And I started in January for, uh, with the world carnivore tribe. And I don't think I'm ever going to go back. No. Uh, what, uh, do you think this is suitable for, for just about everyone? It really depends. Uh, you, at the application of it, would be very different from, you know, a person like me who's very motivated, who's very in tune with his body already, compared to the person who has, has trouble sticking to a diet, uh, doesn't really know their own body. You know, the, the, the strategy would differ. Uh, some people need to start bit by bit, you know, maybe do one or two days of the week and then the rest go back to the normal diet and then slowly increase or adjust accordingly. While some people really need to go cold turkey right away and try the full uh, the full deal, the, the, everything would depend on the individual. Is there how a, that person is? Yeah. Is there any science behind this? Uh, I mean, other than the fact that we've been living like this for 25 million years or whatever, or however many million years. There is. Yeah. And one of the good thing about uh, Twitter is that uh, you you can find these professionals that are sharing the papers and the research, uh, either refuting or justifying it. Yeah. And so, but I don't, I don't really bother with the, the scientific research anymore. It's so contradictory. Nobody seems to agree. I just base what, uh, I, I base everything on my experience. Well, the, the, the cool thing and the not so cool thing now is you can get science that say just about everything. So whatever uh, you need. Yeah. It's uh, and that's where I, I think a lot of times people get in trouble is, Companies or individuals are picking apart a certain uh, studies here and there, and they're like, oh, this is the truth. No, this is the truth. And it's basically you can interpret the study for the same study. Two different groups can, can look at it in a completely different way. So, And then you could replicate that same study and get completely different results on yeah. top of that. And there is a major lack of replication studies in the scientific research world. Yeah. Uh, academia is such a competitive, such a cutthroat world uh, getting published you know people will go a little sideways to get their paper published or whatever i mean it's it's just it's too much right now it's like an information overload yeah and you're i mean at the end of the day uh, and this is what I've, I've chatted with people like if it works for you 
do you really care what sign says? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's like, hey, listen, I've been doing this for four months, six months, two months, whatever, uh, and I'm getting good results. I mean, the only thing is, is um, some people would say, well, you might be mortgaging your future. You know, you might be there might be some detrimental uh, aspects down the road, but uh, um, I think a lot of stuff, especially in the paleo sphere, like they've been it's been around for quite some time. So although it's been it's been same with keto, it's been you know seen as a as a new way of doing things. It's it's been around for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. So how have uh, how well, the go ahead? If you want to talk about the future, you also yeah. have to look at an individual's past. You know. Yeah. If well, what's happening in the future? Well, you know, I used to be depressed, anxious. I didn't sleep. Uh, my digestion was shit, literally. Uh, you know, I had all these problems before, and now doing whatever diet I applied, these things changed. Uh, those are all important factors too. So, if you want to think about your future, look at how your past has changed since you've started applying a certain strategy. Yeah, and I, I really like how you look at it. You you say basically it's a food strategy. And, and and that's a that's a cool way of looking at it. And a lot of people don't look at that like that. They're like, no, no, this is, it's a diet. It's restrictive. Where you're like, no, this is a strategy. This is what I'm going to eat, and then these are the results I'm hoping to get. And then if you, yeah. if and it then, doesn't if it doesn't happen, and you adjust, and if it does happen, you I don't know, congratulate yourself or something. But. Yeah, you have to be a scientist about your body and your health because yeah. you're the only person that has access to that 24 hour data set. Nobody else in the world, no matter how smart they are, knows what it's like to be Eric Collard or yeah. Alex Bernier. Yeah. yeah, it's true. No, it's uh, and that's and this is where the end of one I think is is big. Uh, speaking of that, um, what kind of feedback do you get? Like, uh, do you use any uh, fitness trackers or any data points? I keep track of uh, various data points uh, in different categories. So there's digestion. Uh, I'll look at how often I go, uh, the consistency, uh, how I feel after, how I felt before. Uh, for instance, sleep qual sleep quality. Oh, do, you sorry, weigh, were you? do you weigh your poop? No, no, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I, no, no, but there, I, I'm not I, that I, intense. Okay, not, yeah. not yet. And you okay. know, I'm not saying I'll never do it for for science. But yeah. uh, right now, okay, I don't touch the poop. <laughs> I just look at it and say, okay, eh, yeah. not bad. Okay. <laughs> sorry, go on. And uh, sleep. How do you, how do you? Uh, yeah. How do you look so sleep, sleep quality, well, the first is how do I feel right when I wake up? Does it take me 20 minutes to wake up and then get out of bed or do I just jump out right away? How do I feel at 10 a.m.? Because a lot, I used to crash at 10, 10 a.m. every day. I would have to take a nap. Uh, luckily, I work with clients, so my schedule is pretty flexible, so I was able to take a nap. But uh, you know, on carnivore, I don't have to nap anymore. I look at how I am at the end of the day. Uh, do I feel awake when I go to bed or do I feel tired? And then the, the, there's also, did I wake up? The, the you know, How were my dreams? Also, there's my, obviously, sports performance. So whether it's at the gym or right now I'm trying to jump 52 inches on a 52-inch box. So I'm training for that. And uh, so I rate my performance. How did I do? How do I feel during my workout? How do I recover from my workouts? Am I sore for 10 days or... Am I good to go the next day? There's stress levels. How stressed am I? You know, how, how do I manage stress? Everybody is stressed, but how do you manage whatever stress comes into your life? Uh, mental acuity. How creative? How creative am I? How motivated am I? Uh, can I focus? Can I hold? Look at people in the eyes. All sorts of uh, 
different things like that. So I use a, I have a, I made myself a board and I used to rate, I used to fill it out almost every day, sometimes uh, once every three days. And since I've been doing that, I can actually kind of do that on the fly. I don't need to take the data in anymore because I can sort of gauge myself. But if anybody wants to keep track of their data, uh, it, inputting it yourself is a great way of doing it. And then you can look at it, you know, okay, well, how was this week? And you can say, okay, well, I know that I ate, you know, this way for the entire week. What happened to my body for seven days? How did my body, how these, these different variables fluctuate as I applied whatever strategy? Yeah, and I think that's smart, like looking for that feedback. And uh, regardless of, what, like, obviously in health, it's a big thing, but whether it's in relationships or business or whatever, taking 30 seconds sometimes to just take it a step back. Okay, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? And why and why not? Like, just because you're right, like, we're we're the masters of our universe. Although a lot of us give up control completely to other people a lot of the times, whether we, we realize it or not. Uh, and I think even now with a lot of doctors, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of what I call professionals that are supposed to help you, they'll include you in the discussion. Whereas before they were just telling you what to do. And I think, I think now most health professionals will say, okay, what are your goals? And are there preferred approaches for you to get there? And, uh, are you, uh, more leaning towards this approach or this approach and why? And, and it becomes a discussion and then the person can learn a bit more and, and be more aligned and be more enthused about it. The people who stick to their diets the, for the longest are the ones who are in tune with the impact of the said diet. I mean, it, you can only follow certain guidelines for so long if, if the, you know, if you don't understand what's, what's happening. And especially if you're so, not getting, no, it's a, especially if you're not getting gains. You know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I think you're right. So speaking of gains, how are, how are the workouts going? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, my strongest, I was at my strongest and biggest in terms of muscle mass when I was uh, 25, 26 years old. And then had a bit of a, a dip when I started the business. Uh, I was working a little too much. Yeah grinding it out. But, uh, so I kind of gave, I didn't give up training, but I put it aside. Uh, I didn't focus on it too much and I lost a lot of strength and a lot of mass. And then I was, you know, trying to, at one point I started to get back into the train and I wasn't getting the, the, the same kind of results. It was hard for me to get back in that same motivation that I had, uh, earlier on. And then when I started this diet in January, I just felt a boost again. I felt good. I feel strong during my workouts. My, I'm gaining, I'm putting on my muscle looks denser. I'm actually a little bit, I was already pretty lean, but I I'm leaner than I was. Uh, when I look in the mirror, you know, I see every reason to continue following this. Again, at the end of the day, it's, Hey, if you feel good and you feel like you're getting some gains and then, uh, why not? Right. Um, yep. what do you have to say to people that say that, you know, meat, is, meat is not that sustainable and then you're killing the environment with every steak that you eat? Well, the environment is complex, yeah. right? And you can't just look at one branch of meat production, which, you know, I'm not, whatever, whatever's happening in there is not necessarily right. But at the same time, you can't just take that small, th well, so that, that one aspect and then make it 
everything, you know, the centerpiece of the environment. Uh, if you were to remove factory farming, you would still have agriculture, which is a huge source of pollution. You would have humans. Uh, every electronic device that we use, uh, cell phones, computers, were taken from the earth in Africa by children, most likely, sent to Asia to be assembled by children, you know, and then sent to the United States or Canada to, for consumption. So there, that creates pollution in all sorts of different ways. So, uh, you know, I do, I do other things. I buy, uh, I buy green products for, to clean my house. I recycle. Uh, I do my part in other ways. And, you know, if you look at food waste on top of that, for instance, f fruits and vegetables are the most wasted food group. I've seen different statistics, but there's 50 to 70% of all vegetables that are grown that get end up rotting in a landfill. So the rotting also contributes to greenhouse gases. But on top of that, if you think of all the resources that went into growing those fruits and vegetables, the, the labor, the, the, the gas for the trucks, the, the pesticides, the insecticides, all the chemicals that get sprayed on these massive, massive fields, uh, there's a pretty big environmental load on, in, on that side too. So if anybody is really concerned about the environment, I would say start focusing on the food that is being wasted first, and then you can maybe start picking at other, you know, other food groups. Yeah, but I, it's so much easier to, to paint certain groups as villains. <laughs> uh, all, you, you, need a, you need a common enemy to uh, unite people, right? If you look at what's happening in politics and everywhere, you always got to find the – there's nothing like – there's nothing more uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, makes it easier to bond with other people than common, you know, common hate or common hatred. It's. Uh... Oh yeah, no, it's a, it's something that the polarizing uh, views of a lot of folks, and and we see it. And you're right in politics, we see it in, and nutrition or religion. Oh, yeah. It's so like if but, you if you if you're vegan, it's like you would probably most likely kill someone that 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 has meat and. Uh, Whereas, I mean, maybe some meat uh, uh, eaters would probably, I don't know, want to beat up a vegan. But it's one of those things. Like, eat like Yeah, maybe eat one, yeah. Uh, but it's um, it's like, folks, like, who cares what you eat? Like, <laughs> it's uh, – and the same people are like, well, no, it just doesn't matter what religion they are. But if they eat something different than us, then we're, we're still going to, you know, we're still going to fight. And it's like – and you would think in 2018 we'd be a little more enlightened. But a lot of times I see this – you're right. When we talked about Twitter earlier, I see this on Twitter all the time where people are like using all caps to shout at each other because of different food choices. And, um, I mean, we all have our things. There's certain people that, uh, that are into different things, but I, I think I've had vegans on this podcast and now I'm having carnivore on the pot and then it's not, it's not the end of the world. Like we can, I'm, I'm just showcasing these people so that you can have a, an idea of what's out there and what's working for people. So it's uh, definitely no and nutrition, nutrition beliefs for sure work in the same brain region that religious beliefs uh, operates in. Uh, you just see it in the in the the passion that people have for the 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 ideology behind whatever their 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 diet is or what they what they believe in. Uh, it's the same kind of you know opposition that you get in in religious groups. Yeah, it's no, crazy. It's it's uh, and they do call some of these people or, or some of these groups cults, and I think it's 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 true. Like 
I've uh, I've been uh, very very low carb for the last couple of years, and people are like, "Well, grains are good for you, blah blah," and uh, and then I'm like, "That's okay." Like I'm not saying don't do like don't eat grains. I'm just saying for me, that's not really where it's at. And um, and again, people I'm, get offended. Yes, but it's it, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying this is what I believe in. But a lot of times you're right. Like it's just uh, it's so polarizing. It's it just sometimes it makes me laugh, but like you, you have to laugh at it because sometimes it's like, really, you're not gonna like you're gonna be, become uh, not become or, or you're gonna lose a friend just because you eat different ways. So yeah. uh, put it aside. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's uh, it's all part of different strategies that we use for different parts of our life. So, um, so what's been the major changes for you in terms of uh, of your day to day with respect to Changing from a more paleo style to, to a full carnivore. Uh, definitely, I'm. I feel full now because I I eat a very large feed of meat in the morning, and I can even. It's the first time in my life I don't have to. I don't have to eat a lunch, and I can go on until five or six p.m. and then eat again, and I'm fine. Uh, I'm not hungry all day. I found even on paleo or the ketogenic uh, variation. I would still get super hungry all the time. Do you, and, uh, uh, do you count calories or anything? Never, never. never. No, you just like it, uh, eat more. That's that's my. I uh, if I don't if I if I start watching calories or I try I try to decrease my portions. I feel it in the gym right away. I, I it's like a, I miss rep. I miss reps. I, I just don't feel as good. I don't feel as uh, up. So. Right now I'm eating a lot and I'm going to experiment with eating even more than I'm doing that. But I never count. I eat, it's, uh, I use my, my hunger to dictate, uh, whether I need to eat or not, or, and I'm not saying it's not about counting calories or whatever, yeah. you know, if that works for you, if you're the, if you're the kind of person that needs to, to count and but I just don't have time for it. And it's a lot simpler to go with your, how you feel. Um, so what's, uh, what's been the feedback in your life? Like, what are your, what's your family been saying? Your friends been saying, <laughs> have, have you been getting, uh, have you been getting hate mail or, uh, no hate mail? No, no. not yet. Uh, I, I got, I got in, I got into a few, uh, heated arguments and a few arguments, uh, you know, n- no, no death threats yeah. personally. So yeah. thankfully, yeah. but, uh, like I said, it almost offends people sometimes. When they ask me what I eat or why I'm not eating this, and I tell them, and it's like oh, they like take it personal, yeah. and then they go on and on, and they tell me they, you know, they all say things that I know already or I've read already. Yeah. And again, I, I no, no matter what I say, you know, that oh my digestion improved. This is it seems like it's just like you know goes into one ear and then comes out the other. Yeah. So that's that's probably one of the negative aspects of it is that it kind of align uh, align what's the word? It cuts you from other people, you know. It's uh, yeah, it really segregates you and I, yeah, it segregates you, isolates yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And even my girlfriend hates it because the house smells like steak yeah. in the morning. <laughs> but well, uh, I, I love the smell of steak, but I guess if if that's not the not smell, for everybody, no, no, it's like bacon. Who who doesn't like the smell of bacon? But yeah, is there um? So and, do you ever have anything that's uh, that's not meat? Oh yeah, sometimes I'm not a I'm not a Puritan about the strategy that I'm using. Yeah. 
if I go to a friend's house for dinner or if I go somewhere and if I'm invited somewhere and they serve me a certain type of food, I don't want to be the, the guy that makes it complicated. Yeah. And I also don't want to be the guy that, you know, touches a carb and dies. Yeah. So uh, in a way you can train the body to adapt to different kinds of food. People might disagree with me on this, but, uh, I've, I, you know, the body can learn how to process even junk food, even carbs, uh, the, the whole spiel. But uh, the reality is that I do feel better when I eat mostly meat. And then, you know, when I have the occasional uh, off meal, I don't even feel that bad. I do feel a drop, but it's not like, you know, some people describe it. It's like the apocalypse. You know, they had like <laughs> they had one carb meal and then, you know, the sky starts falling. I, it's not like that for me. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's due to my training level and to, I'm already pretty insulin sensitive. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't really care. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't say, you know, and, and I do, I don't always say yes to other meals that are offered to me. But, uh, you know, if I'm at a dinner, I'll have wine, I'll have whiskey, I'll have, uh, I still, I still enjoy the good things. The good things. And benefit life. from, yeah, and benefit from the carnivore lifestyle at the same time you know i can have the best of both worlds nice um well i appreciate you uh and that's the thing uh, we've had a couple chats uh and you're very honest about everything it's uh and that's the one nice thing and you seem like you've got a, a fairly open mind so you're like this is what i'm doing and here are the results and it's good for me i'm and you're not um you don't seem like the preachy type um because there are some people well, i've there. been I, i've been before you know yeah but uh, experience has just has brought me where I am today. And I found that it's, you know, if I had a client who did everything I told them, but wasn't getting the results, I was, you know, hyping up. I was like, oh, you're doing it wrong or something wrong with you. And then and I ever looked at myself, you know, hey, maybe you're not giving the right advice to the person. And so I've been working really hard on, on developing a system where the client's feedback is the most important, more important than my knowledge. Right. Because at the end of the day, I could read every single book on nutrition in the world. It takes one person to just you know, shatter everything and force me to adapt and learn something new. So it's really about the person and the person's reaction to a given strategy. Yeah. And that's where I think um, keeping the beginner's mindset in mind, because a lot of times, especially if you've been in the industry for a while, you're like, well, Nah, you're not working hard enough, or you're not doing this, or you're just lazy. You know, try harder. But sometimes it just doesn't work, and different people, different strokes for different folks. So, keeping that in mind, I think is great. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one more question, and it's a question I ask all my guests. Um, what does wellness mean to you? That's a good question. Wellness means performing in life, in your life, and enjoying it. Uh, you know, if you wake up every morning and you've got uh, a 20 ton anvil on your brain and you get up and you hate, you know, you hate where you're going and you don't feel capable, you know, you're not physically capable of getting somewhere without getting exhausted. Uh, to me, that's not a life really worth living. So wellness is about getting up in the morning, being you know, not necessarily happy, but just content with what I'm about to do with my day and being able to perform and uh, continuously improve. Nice. I like it. And then I guess uh, I guess it means um, it it means steak for you too. <laughs> right now it means steak, yeah, steak and uh, and work and weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, well, again, thank you very much for for spending uh, spending some time and sharing some of that wisdom. Where can people find you on the socials? 
you can find me on Twitter, uh, Alex Bernier. Uh, my handle is my thought food. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, the handle is create your victory. So that's the, uh, my online business. It's the online school of exercise. And on, on Instagram, I am Studio Kriavinci. That's my physical, where I am right now with the squat rack and everything. That's the, the, the my kinesiology clinic. Okay. That's uh, Studio Kriavinci. Perfect. I'll link to all this in the show notes. Uh, again, thank you very much for, for sending your time uh, and uh, much appreciated. It's always nice to, to have a couple of the chats and, and to look around and see what different people are doing to, to maximize their wellness. So much appreciated. Oh. Thanks for having me, Eric. You've been listening to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Until next week, be well.